Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm still Nick Yusuf. I'm Kevin Christie. Uh, this is episode 124. Huh. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, in retrospect, I'm glad we didn't do an anniversary episode. What do you mean? Like a one, oh, episode 100? Yeah. Um, how come? I don't know. I'm just glad we didn't. What, for, but just for no particular reason. Because most people do and we didn't. Yeah, I wanted to do. I was like, let's do a like 101 or number 99. But then by the time we got there, we had a couple of bonus ones, yep. and then we were already past it. And then we were like, yeah, whatever. It's yeah, it's right. it's um, we can do a 150. Okay, but yeah, who cares? We'll 100 percent forget to do that. Yeah, totally. So um, <laughs> we will. Uh, let's not forget to mention any upcoming gigs that you or I have. Your dog is sorry. Like I just thought it'd be funny to put the mic in front of his face like he was going to talk. Um, he didn't. Uh, December 28th, 29th, <laughs> I'm in San Francisco at the Punchline with Dean Del Rey. Nice, should be fun. I've never been there. I'm very excited. You ever been to the Punchline? I've never oh, done been. The, to I've done Cobbs. Cobbs is what you've done. Yeah, okay, yeah. I've never done the Punchline. Punchline's great. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, perfect segue. Pass nap. Uh, I'm recording an album at the San Francisco Punchline, everybody. So if you live in San Francisco or the Bay Area. December 16th through 19th, uh, album recording nights will be the 18th and 19th. That's Friday, Saturday, two shows each night. NickYusef.com for tickets or search my name on Live Nation, Ticketmaster, or ThePunchline.com. Plenty of ways to do it. But um, yeah, go to my website for that. I sent out pins. So one dude already posted a picture with uh, mine and like a few others he bought. So thank you, dude. Um... Whose Instagram name I can't remember. I'm sorry, uh, but if you've gotten yours, um, post a picture of it on Twitter, or Instagram, like you wearing it or wherever you're going to put it, and I'll repost that shit. Um, a bunch of you have gotten them already. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Uh, if you haven't, please do so. It's on my merch page on nickyusef.com. Go buy one. They're only six bucks, and I think they look pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Did you get yours yet? You gave me one. No, no, no. Did your, the ones you oh, make? Oh, no. No. They didn't come in yet. No. I can't wait to see them. Uh, it's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's pretty exciting. But yeah, they, they came out really cool. If you want to see a picture of them, they're, well, obviously they're on the my website. There's like three or four photos of them, and then on my Instagram and wherever else. Uh, so buy one. Support the cause. The cause that is me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't try and get you guys to buy much, but we've so far, we have had a t-shirt for this podcast. I've sold a record. And then now this. Yep. So, you know, I'm not... And then if you live in San Francisco, come watch me record an album. Uh, see, that's not a lot of stuff. It's not a lot. I'm not trying to get you to fucking, uh, you know, build me a house or right. anything. Um, but uh, what else? I got... Um, oh, the new material night. If you live in Los Angeles, California, that's November 18th. Uh, that will be me. Uh, I host all of them, uh, so I will be hosting the show, and then I am sort of delaying so I can look up the lineup. It's uh, me, Joe Rogan, Court McCowan, uh, Josh Martin, uh, known idiot at the Comedy Store. <laughs> he will be uh, opening. He's the employee. We always have an employee open. He's doing it this month. April Macy, uh, who hosted the AVN Awards, I think, last year. Um, and then Mike Burns, super funny comic. He is, uh, you would know him from Twitter as Dad Boner. Uh, he wrote a book that was very funny. Um, so yeah, that's a good, fun lineup. That show will sell out. So get tickets to that. That's Wednesday, November 18th at 8 p.m. Um, this weekend I'll be in Cabo. 
doing oh, cool. doing a show. The Self Edge Mexico store is opening, and they're doing a grand opening party. Um, and me and Dean uh, Del Rey will be down there doing some stand up. So if you happen to be on vacation, I already know someone who's like, dude, I'm totally going to be there that weekend. I'm like, oh, cool. I expected zero people yeah. to be like, yeah, I'm so going to be in Cabo. <laughs> um, but on the off chance that you are, uh, come hang out. And then Irvine, I'll be at the Improv with Steve Byrne on the 19th through the 21st of November. Um, oh, also San Diego, uh, it's Saturday the 28th. I think it's Saturday, Friday or Saturday the 28th. Uh, there's a sh- the, the Gas Lamp Comedy Show, which I did like a few months back at the Tipsy Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, Mal Hall, has been running it for like seven years. He's a funny guy, cool dude. It's a great venue. They have like a bar upstairs and then downstairs is like a full-on venue and he's been doing a comedy show there for seven years. Uh, I did it a few months ago. Awesome turnout, really great crowd, cool room. Uh, I'm doing it again. I'm going to hopefully run my entire album down there before I do it I think um, let me figure out how many comics are on the show and stuff but that's the idea so if you live in San Diego and you want to come see me uh, one last time before the year's over uh, that show would be where to go the Tipsy Crow uh, two days a few days after Thanksgiving and I think that's it dude yep um, this episode, we go over a list of supposedly the worst yeah. songs of the 90s. We disagree with almost all of it, and we got a little mad. Bold cap, bold all caps, italics on supposedly. Yeah. Because fuck this list. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was written by Noisy, the Vice uh, spinoff subsidiary board fucking publication that has nothing better to write about, apparently. So they took 13, however many songs from the 90s that, I mean, with the exception of like two that are universally hated yeah. at this point, just tired, worn out punchlines, you know, like, oh, what are you, are you like that? You must like smash, smash mouth, blah, blah, blah song. So, you know, songs like that are on there. But then the rest are like songs that everyone has liked right up until someone hit publish on this article. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's Nirvana, the Radiohead, like... Classic songs where you're like, how is this all of a sudden bad? And so a bunch of different writers in the magazine wrote little blurbs that make little to no sense on why this song is all of a sudden one of the worst songs of an entire decade. Right. So this angered the both of us. <laughs> so we defend a lot of it, mostly. Yeah. It's our angriest episode. And by angry, I don't mean we're like yelling and screaming, but we're <laughs> just like, every song we're like, are you serious? Here's why you're an idiot. And then we like go on. Yeah. Um, it was a cathartic, <laughs> I yeah. would say. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I imagine a lot of you will agree with us. Like, you know, I've talked to some of you guys or some, you know, enough of you have like commented on stuff. You have pretty good taste in music. It kind of aligns with what we listen to. Yeah. So you're going to listen to this and be like, I'm never reading this, uh, website again. Yep. Noisy.vice.com.bullshit.board.contentfilling.yawn.badgrammar.com. <laughs> Dot glorified blog. Dot why'd you go to journalism school? Dot com. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's the that's the episode. It's pretty straightforward. It's fun. Let us know what you think. Um, and then we will see you next week. I don't even know how this list came up. Someone sent it oh, to me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, someone tweeted at someone us. Someone tweeted at me and was yeah. like, can you guys talk about this list? Now, I don't know if that's because they were like, they agree with it, 
yeah. or they were like, fuck these people. Yeah, who sent that? Someone on Twitter. You're not going to find it. It's going to take you forever. Um, that may be true. <laughs> there used to be a thing where you could like separate your at mentions. I think from, you still can. Oh, I don't even see that. People you follow or all. That's all it has. Yeah, oh, okay. Notifications, mentions. Oh, yeah, there you go. It'd still be pretty far down. Probably. But, yeah, someone sent us this thing. Can you guys talk about this um, this list of, like, worst songs from the 90s? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and check this out. And then I looked at the list, and I'm sure, like, you did too, and you're like, I most of these songs are good. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. And were considered good for a long time up until, uh, oh, the fucking guy didn't even write his name. It just says by noisy staff. So it's a noisy is a vice subsidiary that covers music. Right. And they just decided, Oh, um, we need content every day and we've run (laughs) out of shit to talk about. So let's go ahead and turn our backs on all these awesome songs from the nineties. This feels like that thing. You know, you know how TMZ has a TV show. Yeah. And they all, it's all them just hanging over their cubicles going, well, what about this? That's what this feels like. Yeah. It's just a bunch of people kind of like verbally spouting off like, and I hate this. But yeah. And I mean, it's stuff too that like, you know, Vice was covering a while ago going like, you know, one of the best Radiohead songs was, you know, this or yeah. Blink-182 had some great pop punk songs. And now they're like, guess what sucks? Blink-182. Yeah. So the first one is Blink-182's All the Small Things. Yeah. Now, this... I'm not a huge Blink-182 fan. I listened to them in the 90s. I saw them... Yeah. <laughs> this is the quintess... If you want to, uh, if you want to impersonate Blink-182, this yeah. is you, this is the, uh, st- the song you kind of rip off. Yeah. You're like, I am hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get <laughs> yeah. pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but like, I saw Blink-182 live probably a few times. I saw them open for The Descendants. How was the show? <laughs> Did it rock out? All right. So there is like, <laughs> while this isn't the necessarily the one I enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, I when a song's a hit, there are songs that are hits that are not many hits are pure garbage. To be honest with you, no, a lot of them are are. Good. I think most hits are a good song, and even if you don't like the genre or the song, the fact that if I hear. Two seconds of all the small things, it's in my head all fucking day. Yeah. A lot of pop hits are, are it's understandable why they're hits. You might not like them, but you're like, yeah, yeah I mean, it's catchy. The instruments are good. There's a good voice behind it. You're like, yeah. I get it. But some, you're like, what the fuck is happening to American society? Okay, yeah. I was in Rite Aid today. Yeah. And uh, that song, Let It Go, from Frozen was on. That song's a piece of shit. I don't know if that I've heard that. It's huge. I think it won an Oscar. Or maybe I've heard it. I yeah, you yeah. yeah. didn't know you were hearing it probably. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. Right. It's fu- it's not good. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a a it's a rip off of the Little Mermaid song. It's a basic same exact idea uh-huh. about uh, a girl who's like, uh, "Don't tell me how to dress. I'm I'm going to be a powerful princess and I'll wear whatever I want and yeah. I'm going to do whatever I want." And but it's not it's not as good. It's not nearly as good as the Little Mermaid one. And I'm not completely anti those songs. I feel like maybe that one got further because it was attached to a Disney movie. Yeah. If like some random pop artist made that song, it would have gotten to like number 120 it's in a, Billboard. It, it, Let It Go is massive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah I think it was just a, attached to a yeah. movie. So people were like, oh, the Frozen movie. And yeah. then it just shoots up the, the charts. I just or thought that song sucked. But yeah, I mean, Blink-182, look, when I was a teenager, 
and punk was making its return you know with right. like with with green day and and like late rancid when they kind of got like you know the offspring yeah offspring blink 182 was one of the bigger ones and they were f- what was cool about blink was they were fun yeah. Like you see their music videos, or I, they would always be on Kevin and Bean in the morning, yep. and they were hilarious and they just goofy, funny. and they were skaters, and they were like you were just yeah. like these guys are cool. And they, they Blink One Eighty Two, like a lot of bands I think are important because they're like gateway bands. So uh-huh. like Green Day and um, and Blink One Eighty Two are what made me look into the Descendants, mm-hmm. and then I loved the Descendants. So like I think that stuff. Those bands are important. So, like, you may not love a hit. It's like you may, like, want to say you love the first Damned record more than anything, but you didn't start out loving the first Damned record. Like, Dookie got a lot of people into punk. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. So, like, I, and also, you know, another album that is fucking full of hits. And I respect a hit at this point. Like, it's, they're not, if they were easy to do, everyone would do it because you make bajillions of dollars if you have a hit. So right. it's not that simple. Now, this guy doesn't necessarily go... Oh, I guess each each blurb is written by a specific person from from the staff. Right. So Dan Ozzy wrote right. the Blink thing. And he does, he goes, now that we have enough distance from the release of Enema of the State uh, to step away from the argument about whether Blink, Blink's rampant commercial success is killing punk, let's admit this album is pretty fun in its juvenile delinquency. So he does still maintain yeah. that. There's some catchy jams, blah, blah, blah. But this song is like is not good, and he goes into the lyrics of you know say like late night come home work sucks I know is like lazy, but I mean how much punk is like oh the dumbest lyrics ever brilliant poetic writing yeah none of it yeah it's all like the same nine words repeated <laughs> over two chords yeah in a two and a half minute song Ramon's songs are the yeah. are you serious and if you like a lot of punk is associated with like anti-establishment you know authority sucks fuck the government right and it's not like those lyrics are like whoa did Howard Zinn write this no. did he guest author some song no it's just like government sucks yeah but there was a Pennywise song called fuck authority <laughs> and then they go fuck authority silent majority <laughs> Over and over and over for yeah. three minutes. And you're like, well, I, this didn't change my beliefs on capitalism or communism. Even the or- quote-unquote smart punk bands like Bad Religion, they're smart until you get to about 25 and read the third book. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. This isn't like mind-blowing here. But yeah, to sit there and go like this all of a sudden is one of the wor- 13 worst songs from the 90s. You don't remember the fucking 90s. Yeah. That's one of the all-time worst ones. There was some shit being thrown around back then. Yeah. And if and the ones that were that bad aren't making any lists because no one fucking remembers them. But they were on the radio, and we had to hear them yeah. for a little while, and they were garbage. Totally, yeah. You had to hear them, see them on MTV, VH1. I mean, they were there, and then they disappeared, and no one talks about them. Yeah. Like, another one that gets a lot of, like, this is a love-hate band, I think, at this point in time. Sublime. Yep. Now, if you're from Southern California, I think you have a little bit of a soft spot for them. Yeah. You know, Long and, Beach. Yeah. And they just kind of represented that like SoCal skate stoner before it was all like a big yeah. thing. Like stoner culture was not a real mainstream thing. And skate culture was sort of on its way. Yeah. But these guys just like represented that whole thing. And they're they're the I don't even know how you call what you call that guy. The the kind of the guy, the guy who gets a Joker tattoo, the white guy that gets a Joker tattoo, right? Who's into drugs 
and he's your friend and you know him and he lo- all he wants to do is party and get high. Yeah. And but occasionally he's he's definitely the guy who starts the fight every single time. Right. Sublime to me is a band that gets ruined by their fans. And San Diego. We've discussed this. Right. Yeah, because yeah, you still go to like a beach city in San Diego and but you there, walk by. And- but there are some of those songs on that record. And I think this song is good. What I got yeah. is very catchy. Uh-huh. I like the lyrics to, for the most part. I liked, I always liked the way he played acoustic guitar. It was sort yeah. of messy and there was like a, a, a choppy rhythm to it. There's a really good song they covered called Rivers of Babylon uh-huh. that he does on acoustic and there's people singing in the background and it's fucking cool. I always liked the way he played guitar. Yeah. It was just like a mess kind of, but like he was good clearly. Yeah. I think people like think of him as like, I, I hear sometimes people associate him because time has gone by and your memory just lumps a few things together that were around at the same time. Right. They like compare him and put him in the same group as like 311 or something. No, and you're like, not even. No, because I think people do that because they go like, they associate the kind of like that same tattoo aesthetic yeah. and like the, the stoner thing. And you're like, they might have some of the same fans, but their songs were way, and I, way different. I think... This is this is going to be a bit of a stretch. I think you can draw a line from Sublime to Eminem, and it's the, the what I liked about his uh, Eminem, uh, Sublime song suit was a lot about being basically broke and yeah. like a failure and like you know he was always really honest. It seemed like about like girls leaving him and what happened and like just like kind of a real dirtbag existence, right? And and it seemed pretty like cut and dry like this was his life pretty pretty accurately mm-hmm. and and it reminds me of the same way that you get to Eminem by talking like the way he starts talking about just growing up in a trailer park right it's that you know they're just like, like yeah we're just trying to get drunk because we live in shitty ass Long Beach yeah. and that's it like and we're we're down to st- like they had that one song about the riots where they're like yeah it wasn't about we're just trying to get free shit we got a PA oh yeah so April, we bur- <laughs> April something nineteen ninety two yeah so that was on forty ounces of freedom yeah forty ounces of freedom is cool that's a cool album yeah 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 um and the one after that that blew them up with the sun on it whatever yeah. that one was called sublime something. I think that's what this what this album what, is off of yeah yeah and Santeria and like a yeah. few other ones um. So this guy's thing goes like, oh, don't even mention the whole white white guy, the whole white reggae band thing. And it's like, they weren't a reggae band. They had some yeah. of that influence. They combined a few, you know, little ska, little Yeah, but reggae, I guarantee this, this guy's not admit, not mad at the, at the Clash when they did the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to pick apart something and go like, oh, you were influenced. But I mean... So anyone that what does blues is like you got to be you yeah. got to be black to yeah. do blues or have we stolen enough of that that now it's a white thing? Yeah. Like how do we need you to steal more reggae so white people can do it? Yeah. Are you going to say the same thing about Eminem like oh don't even talk about the white guy rapping thing? Like yeah. no, he's great. Yeah, if you have to if it has to be ethnically accurate, you'd have no jazz cuz yeah. jazz is white dudes now. Yeah. You exactly. also have no street art, you guys. Street artist is exclusively white at this point. It sounds like a bad camp sing sing along, the kind where someone hits the guitar box for rhythmic accompaniment. Uh, gu- guess what sing alongs are catchy, and you remember them. Uh, right, the guitar ambles nonsensically, which turns the song one marginally cool line. I can play the guitar like a motherfucking riot into a joke. Elsewhere, the lyrics are equally self defeating. Traditional reggae imagines love as a revolutionary act. Here it's somewhere between a call for conformity. I quote, I don't get angry at the bills I have to pay. Love is what I got. Don't start a riot. In an act of nihilism. 
I mean, if you want to just hammer home the fucking this isn't traditional reggae thing, they're not billing themselves, nor were they ever, hey, we're this reggae band. Yeah, they weren't saying we're trying to put ourselves in line with the uh, same style of lyrical expression. Hey, we're the next Bob Marley. They never fucking... They might have had some influences or whatever, but they were literally... They claimed Long Beach more than anything else. Yeah, all they cared about was being from Long like, Beach. Like, there's no other way to yell, hey, we're a bunch of white guys, than yeah. to say, like, hey, look at us pot-smoking Long Beach dudes. Now, I get it. They paved the way in a very bastardized form for Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> right, right. Which, hey, I get it. But, like, what would Juggalos be doing? You, you should, By the way, you should be glad they're Juggalos, because if they weren't Juggalos, they'd be breaking into your car. Right. So, don't get that pissed. Yeah. So they also guys still might break into your car, but yeah. <laughs> but for that weekend during the Juggalo thing, they're they're busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always like Jonah Ray has for for fifteen years been giving me shit about like because when I first started stand up, I was a teenager and I was wearing my <laughs> teenager clothes, <laughs> so I had a Sublime shirt of yeah. the the cover of the, this album, which the name I I don't know why I can't fucking remember it. Uh, it might it might have been self titled, right? Maybe. Um, dun, 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 Sublime dun, Band dun, 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 dun. Albums Discography Yeah I can't fucking Yeah it was Sublime Sublime That's why I couldn't think of the name so of it was their major label debut I think Yeah yeah So yeah the self-titled one With the fucking sun on it or whatever um, I uh, I would wear that shirt And we'd be like Dude really Sublime And I was like come on Look, white construction workers need something to listen to. Right. And yeah. that band, my friend, and is sublime. Baristas at coffee shops in San Diego with the name Java in them. Yep. Uh need to listen to Santeria yeah. every if two If you want to get coffee at Bella Java in San Diego. Yeah. yeah, and if later on you need another coffee at Java Hut, <laughs> guess what you're gonna hear? Santeria <laughs> twice in a day. If you get rid of, <laughs> if you get rid of Sublime, they will riot in La Jolla. Yeah. They will riot. Ocean Beach, Ocean Beach will burn to the ground if you take away their sublime. Yeah, and when it burns, it'll smell like weed. You'd get incredibly high if you burnt down Ocean Beach. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I always am like going to defend, you know, Sublime somewhat. Like I don't sit there and listen to them now, obviously. Yeah. But if Santeria comes on, I don't know, seventy percent of the time, I'm going to go, oh yeah. And I'd I'll- rather hear what I got than Santeria because I like that one. Guitar part. That part. I like the way you played. I don't give a fuck. That part sounded like the beginning of a sitcom. I mean, I can't sing in any way, shape, or form. But no, just like the... Oh, yeah, like the almost the borderline Seinfeld bass. Yeah. This next song we tried to listen to, and while it starts off hot... Yeah. It's it 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 doesn't it's it's and the problem is the band itself has a lot of good songs. Oh man. It's Metallica's fuel. Yeah. And I like Metallica, always have. They're very important to me. Drawing the logo and Justice for All, yeah. Kill 'em All, all those records. like fuck Metallica's yeah. great. This is this is a bit of a a fumble. Bummer. This is a fumble for them. Yeah. Well I mean they when when they released Load, it was like all right, what the fuck happened to Metallica? Yeah, it was it, they, 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 they fell not completely off brand, but as much off brand as they ever fell. 
They they got a little away from what they were really great at. Yeah, they were just like that was the first album of theirs where you're like, oh, these guys are older now and they're just not rocking out like they used to. It was like a commercial rock, like they hard were, rock. They album. were responding a little to what was going on at the time, and it kind of sucked. You were just like, oh man, this is not. They all good. cut their hair. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. That was the biggest insult when we yeah. were like, we all just sat there going like. This isn't Metallica. Yeah. These guys have to have long hair and ratty clothes instead of like short hair and, you know, like adult rocker yeah. clothes. They showed up to, I remember this, the the taping of the Alice in Chains acoustic, uh, what was the MTV acoustic Unplugged. show? Unplugged. Unplugged. Yeah. And, one, and, you know, one of the guys in the band saw them and wrote on his guitar, friends don't live, friends give them good yeah. haircuts. I remember that. Yeah. That was awesome. Because Metallica as a band to me is uh, uh, admire, admirable. Mm-hmm. They've to me they stuck around. They're like the only band that survived the '90s for the mo- metal band, right? The only re- like legitimate me- actual only metal band that survived. Wait, how do you define survive? Like they were really successful the whole time. They yeah. still sold tons of records and had. They didn't like get smaller. They stayed basically the same level. Uh-huh. Huge stadium shows, and right. and it wasn't like it. Whereas like most of metal got completely pushed out during the '90s, especially hair metal. Well, yeah, that I mean. There was always a separation between that metal and re- like heavy metal. Yeah, but it you know? didn't seem like it when it was happening. It was like, oh, this is all kind of metal. I mean, it was def- some of it was way more pop, like Rat and Def Leppard and Poison. That shit got like erased during the 90s, whereas Metallica was still putting out records. Maybe they weren't considered as cool, but they were still huge. Well, the reason that didn't get erased, though, is because the glam metal and the hair metal like Rat and Poison and all those guys yeah. were like... They were just be. They were taking the whole like huge stadium rock thing and just going crazy with yeah. it. Yeah, and it wasn't. That's the reason bands like. That's the reason grunge kind of became popular was because it was a response to all that garbage. Yeah, and then people were like, finally, and then all those bands died yeah, out. Cause- but guys like Metallica and like Slayer and Pantera and all those bands, they still stuck around because people weren't tired of that there was like yeah. an authenticity to it well metal essentially was like tough and hair metal was was not at all yeah so metallica and slayer and those bands stayed t- well those bands weren't nearly as big so there wasn't as much there wasn't going to be i think as much of a contraction yeah motley Crue, i would say survived that because yeah. they were borderline they were like legit metal but then they got a little glammy Motley crew was still pretty fucking good yeah i still like dr feel good i like that record yeah they were i mean they were and that i think that was one of their biggest pop like as far as like numbers wise success records. yeah yeah molly crew was good yeah they were cool theater of pain but yeah all those good album covers all those hair metal bands were like they never were metal anyway. They were just yeah. like it was just like hard glam rock, and they were they, I, to call them metal in any way. But and they just played loud, fucking fast rock, and they were like, "Well, it's metal, but it's like fun, and everyone has a ballad." Yeah. You know, like there, there was that aspect of it too, where you're like, "These guys have like fucking makeup on and glittery clothing and teased out hair, yeah, it's like, and then everyone has a ballad, and they're not really that good." Every yeah. rose has a storm is pretty good, my boys, but. <laughs> Um, that was all right. But they all had that. It was the same formula. And people were like, fuck this. And then yeah. like Soundgarden and Nirvana came in and were like, oh, cool. Angst is back. But it's more digestible than what bands like Metallica were doing. Yeah. But when that became big, I remember when I was listening to all the grunge stuff and when I wanted something a little harder, I never went to like 
oh, Rat and Poison and Quiet Riot and all those bands. I went to Slayer and Pantera right. and Metallica. Yeah. Like, and Justice for All, the Black Album, Kill em, like fucking hard rock where you're like, I'm going to punch a wall and it's going to hurt, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not going to care. Yeah. <laughs> it felt so good. Yeah, that's what Metallica. That's what Metallica gives you. You're like, yeah, I want to break something. Like, well, I know the yeah. soundtrack, and that's why it was so disappointing when Load came out, and it was just like a, it, it just the balls of Metallica were removed along with four inches of their hair. Yeah, and you were like, damn it, and we we all wanted to love it back then. Yeah, because ninety six, ninety seven, we were like fifteen, sixteen, so we're in the middle of our teenage years testosterone's coursing through our body and all we needed was more hardcore Metallica. Yeah. And it was this huge letdown. See, I skipped that record because by that point I was kind of out of Metallica anyways. Yeah. Was, since I'm so much older than you. Right. I was at that point into Radiohead. So yeah. I wasn't going to... I wasn't looking to punch things. I was like, what's going to make me cry even harder? Right. <laughs> like yeah, It yeah, was yeah. like that. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't even notice Load or the whatever, those records. I was just like, eh... And then, like, I kind of checked back in a little bit with them later, like Saint Anger or whatever that record. I was like, oh, okay, they're still Metallica. Oh, yeah, that was way later. But they have so many good old records. You kind totally. of that they're one of those bands that like almost gets punished by how good the old stuff is. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, can you play Injustice for All, please? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no, you have any record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like ACDC, where you're like, I don't want to hear the new stuff. Yeah, I know. Even if it's good, some of it is good. But you're like, um, get to black and black. Hurry the fuck up. Yeah, I know. Like, if you don't play Thunderstruck, I'm going to kill myself. This next one, they're just wrong. Which one? Sir makes a lot of good baby oh, go back. Yeah. Come I on, mean, bro. Look, the? I get you're sick of hearing it at weddings, and white people sort of ruined it. This song was hilarious. Yeah. And let's be, I'm going to, I'm this this song ushered in a change in body image in America. Uh, what year? 92? 92. Nobody was talking about curvy, big-ass women back then. This was, this time, ninety in the 90s, you're talking like, that was like the model cafe time when it was like those, like the tall, tall super thin, you had Kate Moss. The baby Got Back, I think, was the first step in changing. You don't get J-Lo if you don't have Baby Got Back. She stays a fly girl. I don't know that that... I don't think it did do that. I think it was a small thing where it was like, hey, this this shape of woman, like the, the 34, 26, 34, uh-huh. or 36, 24, 36, only if she's 5'3". Right. That was, at the time, no one had said that. Like, before that, the only song that referenced women of a certain shape was Brick House, and right. that's the measurements from Brick House, where he's saying, like, yeah, that's not big enough. Like, I like women of this shape, and it gave that type of shaped woman like a song i mean maybe you had fat bottom girls from from queen yeah but i don't know this it was different i think maybe in like rap culture or something but this was a huge pop hit no it totally was but i mean all the way through the 90s though like mainstream beauty culture was still like thin the baywatch types the pam anderson yeah it was like small waist big tits yeah it was like the major yeah um, but I think this started a little bit of a thing. Yeah. If anything, he was just way ahead of his time. Yeah. When it came to like, I want some big fat asses. Yeah. 
and some hips and curves. But I think songs like that like start the time that he was ahead of. You know what it, what it popularized was the Valley Girl voice. Yes. It that did. took it to new heights, oh like way God. outside of the West Coast. Oh, my oh God, my Becky. Oh, my God, Becky. Yeah. People I used wonder, to... do you think that... Did, I, I wish I knew this, because there was that actress, I want to say Ellen Cleghorn... From SNL? From SNL, who uh-huh. did the kind of Valley Girl... Act. Did she work at the Gap? Was that know. the sketch? But she did a character like that, yeah. and I'm curious to, if it was before this song because the, even the actresses in the video she were almost a- dressed like that. I'm, I don't think it's Ellen Clegg. It's either her or Melanie Hustle. Melanie Hustle was Ellen Clegghorn was. I think it's Melanie Hustle. Melanie Hustle was a white girl with yeah blonde, blonde hair. hair. Well, Ellen Clegghorn was was black, so oh, she wouldn't have played right. a Valley Girl. No, then it was Melanie Hustle. Yeah, yeah. Melanie, what did she look like? I don't know. She was white. She had large blonde hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she could give herself a hilarious looking double chin face. And oh, she would yeah. Go, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Da, like yeah, that. yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Was but yeah, that great. was around the same time. They were on SNL in the early 90s. Yeah, so I wonder if partially that voice in the video or the, in the song was based on that thing. Like, I mean, that yeah, it, it, it started to make fun of that particular white girl function. Yeah. Valley Girl accents were made fun of like in the movie Valley Girl, but it was it was funnier in that shit. This person goes when Nicki Minaj put out Anaconda, a lot of people were disappointed by the fact that the song didn't meet the high expectations set by the album cover. Personally, I was disappointed because it brought brought back the worst song of the 90s. Baby got back. Really the worst? Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Get the fuck out. I know that it was an empowering anthem created to spotlight women who went beyond Cosmo-approved proportions, but it's also an objectively terrible song that does more harm than good. Doesn't do more harm than good. How? Does Would not it, do more harm than good. I mean, technically, any song where you talk about sex in any way is going to do harm because you're objectifying on yeah, some Yeah, once level. you've fallen into the objectification genre. Yeah. So what, no songs about sex ever? Yeah, what's that? That Blurred Line song is borderline uh, justify statutory rape. Drake may have liked his girls BBW now, but Sir Mix-a-Lot wanted girls who had big butts while still maintaining a little middle. So while the song decrees standards of beauties set out by pop culture, it also goes as far as specifying the proportions for the ideal woman, a technique that would later go on to be perfected by Nelly during the verse of Ride With Me. So yes, Sir Mix-a-Lot, you may have predicted the appeal of ass in the 90s, but that shit wouldn't have, would have happened without you anyway. Uh, the, yeah, you can say that, but did, how does he know? Yeah. That's like, that's like, you know. Uh, so how do you know Nelly wasn't in some way influenced by that song? Thanks, like, Einstein, for coming up with E equals MC squared, but we would have gotten yeah. it eventually. Would you? Someone would have come up with that. Other people were studying physics and quantum mechanics. Uh, fuck you. Yeah, bullshit. It's this so bullshit. easy to look back on anything and just go. That's partly why I thought we should do this list is because you see every... Two weeks, people will reverse course on something yeah. that like you, the, the tweet about something will be like the greatest blank from this decade. Two weeks later, things that sucked about this decade and nine out of the ten things no. are the same. This is the kind of dude that goes, my kid could have painted that, yeah. but they didn't and they never, ever would have. Yeah. Or will ever. And no, they can't, by the way. You think they can't. They can't. Yeah, especially with like pop culture related stuff yeah it's like it takes a few people to kind of yeah introduce certain mm-hmm. concepts or songs and then you have like 
like we were just talking about Nirvana. They broke, but they didn't like wake up one day and invent grunge music. There was a scene. There were other bands doing similar things and there were influences. And then they kind of took it and managed to get commercial success with it. Yes. Art is not created in a vacuum. Yeah. So you can't be like, yeah, Nirvana did it, but someone would have got around to it. They just would have woken up one day and been like, I'm going to write a song about big asses. Yeah. Guy who's never written a song. Yeah, it's annoying. You know who can't write a song? I can't. Seems really hard. Yeah. Actually, I'm pretty sure I could be awesome one. <laughs> Written a lot about my pets. So, some of them are good. This next one's, uh, I can't. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. This one I've never really liked. It stinks. <laughs> it's Smash Mouth All-Star. Yeah. It's, it stinks. This song stinks. <laughs> the, the opening sentence for, for this one, um, Smash Mouth is a stain on the human existence. I mean, I don't know if we got to shit on them that hard. Yeah, I don't know if we should go that far. This, Smash Mouth is a kind of 90s Cuisinart band yeah. where it was like, oh, we need a DJ, we need to sound ska, we need to this, we need to that. Like, yeah. it is... And I'm pretty sure they fish-eyed lens the shit out of the music video. Oh, every a, every a video was fish-eyed and cross-processed. Yeah. Very <laughs> bright colors. But... Okay, this song does suck, but yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and the lead singer, I think, was the original Guy Fieri. He had like that annoying bleached hair. Now we've discussed this. I love Guy Fieri. I know that's a weird thing. I've, I know, I still so can't I can't. Process that. I I just I just I I've <laughs> talked to you about this. He's I think he's good for America, but right. uh, yeah, this is a rough one. Although I I did like the lead singer on the Surreal Life, <laughs> he was like the most level-headed one he in the house. On, oh, wow. He was on it, and he was like kind of the more normal of all. Everyone else was a total shit show. Like I remember in one of the episodes, they have them make a music video, and Tawny Katane is flipping out because she thinks she should be in charge of directing the video because she yeah. was White Snake's roadie, and he's like. I made music videos. I was in Smash Mouth. She said she was a roadie. She was in the video. Yeah, but I think after that she dated him. And she used. To, I think she worked for them in some capacity for a while. Because I think she was in a relationship with him for a, for the lead singer for a while. I think that's how she got in the video. She I think was maybe lead, she dated him. Yeah, but I think maybe it was. She made it seem like she had worked for White Snake on the Surreal Life. Right. And he was like, that's cool. I directed one of our fucking videos. Yeah. So I think I got this handled. That's funny. Yeah. I didn't know she was on that show either. She was. It was uh, It was not good. She did not come off good. No, it sucks. Yeah. But that sucks. She's a cool chick. Yeah, she hangs out at the comedy store. I went to a taping of America's Funniest People once when she was the host, and uh, she was wearing a see-through skirt, and I saw her butt. Yeah, and and then at some point a producer was like your butt showing, and then she had she went off stage and changed her shirt. Her, it's funny. Changed her under wore like put on like a slip. Yeah, but she when she shows up at the comedy store, she's always nice to everybody. Yeah, she's super cool. Yeah. This next song, I while I don't wait, hold on. Before we go on, it says here, did you know that that total thirteen people can say they were in Smash Mouth? Thirteen people. This is a song that was featured in not one but two movies in two thousand one. The song is in Shrek. Dane Cook is in the video for this song. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's weird. No, I remember it's... it's Another th- strike against Smash Mouth. Yeah, I mean, the Shrek thing. Although people love Shrek. No, not the know. Shrek thing. The Dane Cook being in the video thing. Which makes sense. Yeah. Like, he looks like he would be a big fan of their... Why music. would he be in the video? Was he in Shrek? 
No, the the music video was in 1999. Oh. So he's probably just a young dude trying to get whatever work, and they were go audition for this music video. Right. In 1999, Dane was pretty... Well, was he? He was pretty famous. No, that's when he was I like... I think he was a college, big at college stand-up by then. I think he'd only had his first couple TV credits by then. Oh, uh, okay. Like, he was on, like... Uh, Premium blend or something. Oh, okay. One of the comics. Okay. Comics come home or comic, okay. com, whatever. Um, comic view. Because yeah, he was he was still becoming like a attraction over at Dublin's back. Oh in the yeah. Day yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he you're like right, got big, right. and right. then MySpace just pew, took him. Yeah. Shot him to the roof. Anyway. Yeah, that one stinks. It's not the worst of the '90s, but it's not good. Yeah, it's not. It's a bad one-hit wonder. You know what a good one-hit wonder from the '90s was? Uh, squirrel Nut Zippers, Hell, off the album Hot. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't like that one? <laughs> it was okay. Squirrel Nut Zippers were so funny. That song was hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. Squirrel Nut Zippers. I didn't get... I liked the movie Swingers a lot, and I got sucked into that scene a tiny bit. Squirrel Nut Zippers didn't... Miss. I bought a Brian Setzer Orchestra CD. Yeah. But I don't know. The squirrel nut zippers. They were just so weird. Yeah. That video was fucking crazy. Yeah. Because they weren't straight up doing that like ska fucking. No, it was big bandy. Yeah, but they were like a bizarre version of it. But that was like a fun one hit wonder song. Yeah. I wonder if those bands are able to be a part of the 90s nostalgia tour thing. I think they'd have to do a separate version. Like, like the like, ska like theme, like car club show, like like you know Something in like Glendale that, yeah. where they have like the car show thing every year. Yeah, on brand, they could do like those. Yeah, I bet you they play at the occasional state fair. I feel like what they would have to do is something like, like a, a sort of ska something tour, and you'd have to get like a main attraction, like the specials or something like that, yeah. one that had respect, and then a bunch of like weird ones from the nineties. I wonder if people that want to see the specials would want to see the squirrel nut zippers. I could see them not. Maybe, yeah. But at this, at their age now as adults, they'd just be like, that'd be fun. And yeah, yeah. I guess that song was cool. It would there's just be enough, a nostalgia trip. I feel like there's enough good ska bands, so you could get the specials, you could get Hepcat. Like, there's yeah, yeah, you get enough. There. And Hep- then a couple of the one-hit wonder ones, and then just organize a fucking thing around it. Hepcat was good. Yeah, I think that could, that could work. Okay, the next song on this list, Lou Bega, Mambo Number no. 5. I, I actively hated this song. <laughs> I really did. Every time it came on, I would like, my goal would be to listen to as little of it as possible. Like run to the next room and turn off the radio or to change the channel on MTV. I just couldn't do it. I hated this song. I've, I don't, this wasn't a song I necessarily turned off immediately. I liked that it gave lots and lots of women a song with their name in it. Right, yeah, yeah. Because he packs, I don't know how many women are in the song, but there's a lot. He's a German mambo singer? I didn't know that. Oh, this, uh, when, the minute I heard it, I was like, this guy's definitely European. Wow. Yeah. Maybe I just never let myself hear enough of it to know that he was from anywhere. Yeah. I was like, you know where he's from? Not this channel. Change to VH1. It's been distinguished by many many a list as one of the most annoying singles huh. of all time. Yeah, uh, it's annoying. It's very annoying. I'd take that, that Barbie girl song's worse. Oh, yeah. Come on, Barbie, bad. let's go party. That's worse by far. Yeah. That's way worse. That was bad. This, yeah... I was, I was going to say, like, Oh, Mickey, You're So Fine is not nearly as annoying as this song. Yeah. Yeah, this one just straight up sucked. I'm not even going to really... Yeah, and it's like, the problem with this it. one is, is the whole album going to be like this? Is Like, you cannot 
Yeah. No one I know in the world can tell me what another Lou Bega song sounds like. Yeah, or what another Lou Bega song is called. Nope. <laughs> you do not know what that or sounds like. what was the name of the album this song was on called? Yeah. I have no idea. Was they, it ever an album, or did he just release yeah. the single? If he had just released a single, it would have been like, you're smart. But they wasted months in a studio yeah. recording other songs. A couple million dollars went yeah. into this. And Although it probably made a ton of money. It definitely did. Um, but fuck, did I dislike this song. Yeah, that one's a rough one. The next one, I think it's ruined because of how it is particularly used. Uh-huh. It's Sarah McLaughlin's Angel. Yeah. You know it from the saddest commercials ever. Of all time. For <laughs> adopting animals. Yeah. C- commercials that I literally, if I'm watching something and they come on, I have to mute the television. Yeah, or and you will cry. I put my hand over my eyes <laughs> because I can't. They are gut-wrenching. And uh-huh. now so it's one of Sarah McLaughlin's big ish. Her big cause is animal rescue, which feel you, Sarah, right there with you. Yeah. Me and you, our hearts are connected in that way. But man, I when I hear the song now, I picture a quivering dog. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I don't even remember. The song is obviously sad. Right. But now it's sad in a completely uh, way that I can't actually listen to. Um, Is Sarah McLaughlin a... Lesbian? I don't know. I can't remember. But I used to have... She was the one who started Lilith Fair, I believe. Oh, yeah. She was one of the ones. She was one of the founding members of Lilith Fair. But I think she's not. I think she's straight. Because I used to have the biggest fucking crush on her. She's a very attractive woman. Yeah. Yeah. And her her voice is great. She has a stunning voice. Yeah. Stunning voice, Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, here we go. Spouse. Some fucking dude. <laughs> Some Indian Canadian music musician guy. Right. Um Yeah, I used to have a big crush on her. And yeah, her music was good. She had like a few fucking good songs. This person describes this song has been permanently ruined by those horrifying PSAs to adopt starving and neglected animals from the shelter. I can't even think about listening to this song without actually wanting to die from sadness. Right. The emotional ramifications of the song and that commercial, paired with the fact that you never know when it's going to show up yeah. as you're casually watching TV and completely ruin whatever good mood you thought you were in, is enough to make it the worst song ever. Two things about this, though. Uh, number one, that does not make it one of the worst songs from the 90s. That just means it's been repurposed now. <laughs> but do you blame Sarah McLaughlin worse? Because she's in the commercial. So she was like, here, take this song. Yeah, but it doesn't make it a bad song from the 90s. I know. but It's oh, still fuck. like, you know, back then you weren't like, when that song came on, you weren't like, oh, this fucking bullshit song. You were like, oh, yeah, I like this song. I'm trying to remember where this song was played because it's so, it's such a slow, sad ballad. Yeah. Like, it's like hard to most imagine. most of her songs. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to imagine this being tossed on Star 98.7 at one point. What were her big hits? And this one is a huge one. But I think this was like a Kiss FM song. Yeah, I don't even fucking remember. Her first album was in 1988. Really? Yeah. But I think that was before anything. I think was Solace, Drawn to the Rhythm, I Will will Not Forget You, right? No. Oh, yeah. Will You Remember Me? Was that that her? her? I don't think that was her. No, that's her. That's her. Fumbling Towards Ecstasy. That was the name of one of her albums. That's not the best name. By the way, may have bought that record. Really? Yeah. 
I was really into Ten Thousand Maniacs and like Natalie Merchant. Oh yeah. So I that She's this pretty good. this didn't get completely her lost. Her big in album was Surfacing. That was her big one. Okay. In nineteen ninety seven. That had Building a Mystery. That oh, was the yeah. big one. Oh, yeah. Building a Mystery. That was a good song. Building a Mystery. That yeah, got played yeah, on yeah. K-Rock. Yeah. That was a good song. Yeah. And Adia. Remember Adia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's good. Yeah, she was good. Yeah. Sarah McLaughlin's good. Yeah. If you're... Uh, and I don't think Angel is any worse than any of those songs. It's maybe a little sadder. No, no. But it's not a bad song. You can't punish a song just because of the association. Yeah, not at all. If I got punched in the face to Baby Got Back, that's my fault, not Sir Mix-a-Lot's. Right. Yeah, that but, yeah, just, I don't like weddings, but like that, I don't. That I one just it just doesn't even apply, man. It's like, come on, fucking noisy dot dot com. If you want to cover music, do do it right. Give it some fucking context. This isn't impartial at all. This isn't journalism. This is just like you need to fill space on your website. These so are you're like, here's what sucks all of a sudden. These are someone's like Tumblr entries. Yeah, they seem like bad stand up bits. Oh no shit! These yeah. reviews read like a uh, a new stand-up's attempt at having a rant. Okay, this next song's good, and the video was good, and yeah, we heard it too many times, but the song's good, and the video was cool looking. It's REM's "Everybody Hurts." Yeah, they're fucking standing on the freeway. Remember, they just get out of their cars. I know. And he's standing and singing on the overpass. Yeah, that shit was cool looking. Yeah, it was the original "Falling Down." Don't let's Oh fuck that movie was so good. That was a great movie. God, I love that movie so. Much. I'm waiting until the day they decide to remake it. So I, I pitched can it. Punch a hole in the TV. I pitched a remake of it. Why? Because Wait, no, they did did they remake it? No, they didn't because oh. all the problems in that movie have only gotten worse. You just need the right. You could use Michael Douglas again. Or there's just new problems now. Yeah, it's that that movie was so ahead of its time. Yeah. Add cell phones into the mix of that film. Yeah. It oh was my a god. Great, it was a great movie. Dude, that movie's good. But yeah, this this song's good. This song is not on the list. It's fucking sad and good. Although I was talking in REM is interesting. What does caterwalling mean? Caterwalling, I believe, is just like bemo- it's like it's like wailing in sorrow. Like Aah. I've never even fucking heard that. I've word. heard it's an old timey term. It's almost like a country term to make a shrill or howling or wailing noise. Yeah. Okay. So that's the fucking this person's problem. No. So it goes. Okay. R. Okay. Wow. Okay. Sure. REM were one of the most influential bands in the history of indie rock. Apparently. That's the opening sentence, but somehow that's not good enough for yeah. what he's about to say. Thanks about for basically inventing college radio and oh, alt rock. And there's more. And yeah, fine. This song probably has helped countless people through some of the worst periods of their lives. But if you're ever wondering why people look askance at your extremely cool taste in alternative music that shows what a deep person you are and how far outside mainstream norms and conventions you lead your life, your answer is this song. Listen to that caterwauling. This guy's a geek. What? It's unbearable, it says. This sounds like someone's soul being poured down a drain. It sounds like a cute, lovable animal, a bunny or a pig or whatever, getting strangled to death. No, it fucking doesn't. This is bad stand-up. It really is. 
It's just they just were like, and you know what it is? It's that it's like that new kind of stand up that apologizes for their opinion before they get it. Like, and by the way, I know, and I'm not yeah. trying to be racist. And by the way, yeah. I have total respect for women. But yeah. what's up with these dumb chicks? Like, right? This hey, look, guy, I love indie rock, but like, fucking, let's just admit now, REM sucked. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what's with that shrieking voice? This is a guy that goes, and I like almost every one of their songs, but they suck. No, yeah. they don't. And this song doesn't suck. This is just clickbait. This is this was written by a wuss. Yeah, this guy's had a couple opinions. What was his other one that he, that oh, he I don't know. decided he liked? Um, Did he write one of the other ones? He decided he didn't like Sublime. Yeah, he wrote the Sublime one. Yeah, this dude's too much of a nerd. This guy's like if a blog put on you know what, pants. What they should have fucking done is after they shit on a song, they would have been like instead listen to and then put three songs that they do think are good. From the 90s, not yeah. just like any song. Back up your shit with what you think is good instead of like, just anyone can pick a song Yeah, and then go figure out why it sucks. Uh, I can tell you what this guy would have told you to listen to. Sleater Kinney and Sonic Youth. Right. And some other like non musical, unlistenable crap art rock that makes you gives you something yeah. to talk about with with a girl wearing all black. Any slint song. Listen to that instead of REM. Yeah. No. REM was great. But uh, you know what's interesting? I was talking to Neil about REM and, and he he said he was talking to someone else about them. He's like, It's like they never even existed. So it's like I never hear about them anymore. They don't like Something and 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 I didn't agree necessarily with that. I was like, I don't know if I agree with that entirely. But oh. REM does feel like they're missing <laughs> from the music landscape right now, and they were so big right. and had so many hits. It's like it's not like you want. It's not like they should have become what U two became. But they're like missing right now. But I mean, because they were never like a giant mainstream pop success some of their songs were this was a huge pop hit they had a few yeah but like you know okay here's this losing my religion was a big hit that was a huge one for them but it's you know they still it wasn't still that kind of music that you're gonna be hearing in bars for the next 15 years that's true you're not hearing losing my religion or everybody hurts or yeah i mean maybe they're they had a couple older songs that were like a little catchier and poppier yeah yeah, that you would hear. What's the frequency, Kenneth? It's good. Yeah, that one. But I think that song. It was. I, I remember what happened. They got a, They got that huge record deal from yeah. Sony, where it was like eighty million dollars. And then their next record was like their. It did the worst out of any record they'd put out. Right. And then they just like almost got like smaller and smaller. And now you don't like see them doing stuff. They've been around since the fucking early eighties. Yeah, which is they insane. were. I mean, REM is clearly like great. But like I wish, I wish REM was a little more present in the way that like, like Pearl Jam, while not huge, still puts out records fairly often, and like you go see them and their shows are good. And like I, I don't, maybe I'm just not checking enough on what REM's doing. But again, Pearl Jam was like a more of a straightforward rock band, and they kept continuing yeah. to evolve into like, that. Well, you'd think Michael Stipe would do a solo record or something. Yeah, I don't know what what he's doing or why. But you know who like a, a similar one to that who you don't hear about a lot but was very influential and had a lot of great songs? Elvis Costello. He you, puts out a record now and again. He does, but you don't hear him his name thrown around that much. But he was like a really big deal. But, yeah. And he didn't have too many songs that were like you heard all over the place. He was very influential. I hear about him. It's like, oh, he's at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. I, you, I mean, I fucking love Elvis But I hear Costello. about him as much as I hear about R.E.M. They're just, their names are thrown yeah. around. Pump It like, Up and Allison. Like, those songs are yeah, yeah. perfect. Elvis Costello was awesome. Pump It Up's one of the best pop 
rock songs. You've, it's one of the catchiest things you've ever heard. And he was rebellious heard. as fuck. Yeah, he was. He was so fucking cool. Yeah. And um, like, think. And by the way, people that look like me have to pay a lot of respect to the oh, yeah. dude that looked like that. Yeah. I mean, he's he comes right after Buddy Holly. He's the next. He's the next step in that look. It's like, hey, I'm a geek. Yeah. And but I'm gonna still get girls. Like, thank God for him, dude. Yeah, he was a fucking angry dude. Skinny ties. Who was stylish. And his, and like, ballads cool. are beautiful. <clears throat> um, this next was... song could not be wronger. Could <laughs> right. not be wronger. What is it? The Verve Bittersweet Symphony. Yeah, I don't know what. The... This song's fucking great. This song is so great. The band let themselves get the living shit suit out of them by the Rolling Stones and didn't make a, a penny in publishing. Well, I mean, they got they stole it. They stole it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they asked permission. The Rolling Stones said no, and they and they did it anyways. Apparently. Yeah, they got sued. It sucks because that was their biggest hit, and they yeah. never made any money. And <laughs> the Stones get all the money. That's the part they stole. I've never heard the. I've never heard a version without it, and I wonder what it would sound like. You don't. It wouldn't have been as big a hit. But it might still have been a hit. With this one? Without the without the violin sample. Oh, um because that's what the part they took. Right, it's a yeah. it's a orchestra orchestral cover of a stone song. That sucks. Yeah. I mean I guess yeah, that's what you get for stealing, but <laughs> Lucky Man was a good song. That oh, band dude, was good. The, the album This that, album's good. That this is on is so great. They it's have a fucking great album. They did the original um The Drugs Don't Work. Oh really? That ben Harper covered. Oh. And his version's amazing. Yeah. But dude, listen to the drugs don't work. And it's and you're gonna be like, God, that is. Is this heavy. guy's name Michael Ash? Richard Ashcroft. Richard Ashcroft. His solo records are good. Yeah, he's I mean, they, this album was fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, and this song is awesome. This just is a mistake. Yeah. John Lucky Hill. Man. What was the fucking other I haven't heard this album in a while. Yeah. Um but I used to listen to it all the time. Lucky Man is such a good song. Yeah, the, yeah, Lucky Man's great. What the fuck? Oh, I typed it in wrong. Um, this dude just doesn't like Britpop at all. Oh, is that what his complaint is? Yeah, he's it? shitting on all of Britpop. Uh, Sonnet is a great song. Oh, yeah, it's fucking The Drugs good. Don't Work is awesome. Uh, Velvet Morning. I mean, there's so many good songs on that album. You know what's interesting about that? Urban you, Hymns is what it's called for you guys oh, who are yeah, wondering. Oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Um, that time period, these bands, they were all doing... So much drugs, oh, yeah, but the yeah. song, the the music doesn't necessarily sound like it's being made by people that are that into drugs, that hardcore. It's so, I've always found it fascinating where the music was like really pretty and like uh-huh. palatable, but these guys were doing fucking mountains of drugs. Yeah, the whole scene was just about drugs. Yeah, I mean, in the nineties, to be in a rock band, it was still like you had to be on drugs. It was still mm-hmm. like a cool thing to do. Yeah. Um. But again, this this guy, it's an, a different person from the staff writing on, on this song. But they're all the complaints are always the same. They're very superficial, and they have really nothing to do with why it's good or bad. And the complaints are all related to other bands, which has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, like, that, it's it's part of this. No, this song was good, man. It's so a beautiful they, song. They mention how you know he has to write Keith Richards a check every time the song is played anywhere. But that's what happens when the only memorable thing you've done in your career is sample a string section that covered a Rolling Stones song and have your song show up in the focal point of some shitty 90s movie. You're going to write off that entire song because of that. It's so You're wrong. They, they took the string section or they sampled it without permission 
Now the entire song is one of the worst songs from the 90s. Stupid. Get your fucking shit together, Vice. Yeah, no, this is just wrong. I think you could take that sample out and it would still be a good song. We're doing exactly what Vice wants us to do right now. We're taking this thing and making a whole podcast episode about it. Yeah. But it's, I mean. We not only clicked on it, we gave him an hour. Yeah, yeah. We were baited right the fuck in. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should have not said Vice so many times. I know. <laughs> but the point is, it's like you see so many of these articles that are just like, hey, guess what? All of a sudden, sus, and you go, no, it doesn't. This and you click just, on it. This is long form trolling. Yeah. But I mean, now it's like the more of these I read, the less I'm going to, in the future, click on an article by Noisy. Yeah. Because I'm going to go, yeah, I don't really try. But when it comes to consequence of sound or pitchfork or all these stereo gum, I still trust those guys because they don't do this shit. They just go, here's (laughs) album reviews or here's a fucking like a piece on part of the music culture. I wish you guys could have seen Nick's face when he said this shit. (laughs) There was an intensity. Yeah. That was, it was raw. It reminded me of Metallica's early work. <laughs> I just uh, want justice for all, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! <laughs> you scared the dog. Did I? <laughs> yeah. It's okay, boy. <laughs> the dog just looked at me like, why did you let him do that? Yeah. Come the here, dog's Kev. like, chill out, dude. It's just a yeah, song. Go, go. We, when he walks over there, tell him it's okay. Okay. All right. Well, everything, they don't everything, like yelling. Everything's fine. The next song, also a good song. Blur song two. This is a yeah, fun song. Totally. Like, yeah, the the, the lyrics are probably Woo-hoo. whatever. And I'm feeling heavy metal. It's great. This, this is a good song. So what does it say? It was originally meant to be a send-up of grunge, but in attempting to mock something they thought was lame, Blur managed to instead give unholy birth to a musical entity more annoying than a phalanx of coked-out Eddie Vedders. Sure, it's catchy. But so is syphilis, and look where that got Hitler. You open micer piece of shit. Yeah, this is hack. These God. are hacks. Give me a break. With if you this, guys want to be stand-ups, do it. Yeah. Stop pretending to be. Stand- Stop wasting our yeah. time with your garbage stand-up in the form of articles. Yeah, yeah go do stand-up and suck for seven years. Yeah, before you have something good. See to how say. well the syphilis Hitler line does in front of actual yeah. humans. You have. Hey, it's catchy, but so is syphilis. And look what they got, Hitler. Yeah, is that womp. your attempt to be like dirty and edgy? Womp. Cool. <laughs> yeah, shit on blur for still no reason. I'm not seeing an actual reason. You're saying what? Woohoo! Got annoying after a while. Any song that has you know harmonies or whatever that are repetitive or uh, how many songs pe- have people go yeah or woo yeah. over and over you listen to it 500 times okay yeah great it will be annoying you know what i guarantee this person likes the beatles you know what the beatles were catchy right you can't it, it is a mistake to categorize music as less valid or good or credible just because it is catchy it's like what about the kinks Right. Kinks are catchy as hell. My Sharona, they're right. great songs that are catchy. I know. Satisfaction? Elvis Costello, just Tom Petty? Come on. Saying catchy is actually harder to do. It's easy to write. I, think, I bet you it's easier to write some long, drawn out, like whiny drone thing that doesn't change. Or just, it's hard to write something that sticks in your head. Right. Look at Dr. Dre. 
Dr. Dre is great at getting stuff stuck in your head. I know. And look at the end Timbaland? of it. Listen to this listening to the song makes me actively angry and also more than a little confused. Like, what the fuck are you so happy about, Blur? You're British. Oh my god. Oh, another uh another joke about how British uh people are all depressed because it's gray all the time there and no one's happy at all. Uh they invented cool. Benny Hill. Benny Hill, pretty funny. This uh, British, you know, comp, British humor, that's pretty a, hilarious. That sentence right there is one of the worst jokes from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, Kim Kelly from Vice. Yeah, they're so miserable. You ever seen him party? British party extremely hard. I've I've only met I meet British people all the time living in L.A. They're performing great. at at venues in Hollywood that mm-hmm. attract tourists, like the Comedy Store, for example. Yep. Never met one British person that's come up and being like, "Hey, you just wanted <laughs> yeah. to say hi," and, the, and my life was miserable. Yeah. They come, they're like. Wow, America's cool. That was a really awesome show. I'm really happy to be at the comedy store. Where should we go tomorrow? Yeah. LA's great. Blah, blah, blah. If you're going to pick on a, a group of people that are depressed from other countries, Scandinavians, Germans. Right. Sad people. Yeah, why don't you go make fun of Canadians next and how they're too nice and they have a lot of health care. Yeah. If you're going to fucking keep reinventing the joke wheel. Yep. Uh, next song, also good. Primus, one known as Big Brown Beaver. Yeah. First of all... The bass in this song, like the bass in every Primus song, is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because he's awesome. I mean, this song's fun. Yeah, it was a little silly and ridiculous, but God forbid. Didn't they write the South Park theme song for free? Yes, they Didn't did. they just go, here, here you go. Yeah. We're super cool. No, this song's good. Yeah, Primus is fun. You know, if you stripped away the fact that this song sounds like your bass instructor showing off, suck a dick, fuck yourself. <laughs> Suck a dick. Your bass instructor wishes he was as good. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Yeah. This guy couldn't even stretch this out. Ugh. This video had a puppet in it. That's a good. <laughs> yeah, the video is hilarious. Primus has good t-shirts. Yeah. This is def- This is a hater. This dude either was too young to go to the Primus show or di- didn't get laid at the Primus show because he wasn't having enough fun. They, I, you know, they're probably going to do... Is just do a, 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 a worse songs from the 80s, 70s, and 60s. And they're just going to be like, you know why Led Zeppelin was awful? And then they're going to shit on that. You know why the Rolling Stones sucked? And then they'll pick an amazing Stones song and tear yeah. that apart. Angie was a piece of garbage. Yeah, this guy says, this song makes you feel like you're at a state fair attended solely by people on sex offender lists. No, it doesn't, you moron. It just doesn't. That, the video he sang? No, the song. Oh, the song. It just doesn't. That doesn't even make sense, dude. That's just, that's, again, that's just hacky stand-up where you put some words together you thought were funny. A fair attended by sex offenders is not true. It's just not true. You can take any, anything. I think Vice is a pretty hard place to write for. This should be better than this. I don't know how related, I mean, it's noisy is like a part of Vice, but I don't know. All right. I have no idea. Um, okay, we get the last one. Where are we at? No, we have two more. Remember, we put we moved one. The next one, you and I, are, we, we, oh, we yeah, almost, the one we, we moved, almost, we were going to do in the middle, and then we should almost recant ourselves from this next one because we're too emotionally attached. But yeah. they're wrong. We're just going to mention it, and if you've if you've listened to this podcast enough, you already know how we feel yeah. about Radiohead's creep. Yeah, we're not going to torture you by telling yeah. you why they're wrong because you know we we're not objective emotionally, but yeah. they're clearly wrong. Radiohead's creep is a great song. Yeah. And I mean, Radiohead themselves are one of the best bands If you ever. want to talk sadness and being a teenager and feeling bad about yourself, mm-hmm. Creep nails it, bro. Yeah. Creep is down. If you have zits on your face, Creep is your anthem. Yeah. So how dare you? If you've ever had angst, yeah. Creep, you're going to like Creep. Yeah. So we're going to, we just went by that one fast. But 
The next one is moronic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it is moronic because it was basically the Rosetta Stone of an entire new movement yeah. in music. It was the reason we call the 90s the 90s, yeah. not the 80s were so long. They went 20 <laughs> yeah, years. Exactly. Without this song, yeah. we would have just been like, the 80s were 20 years long and we didn't notice. <laughs> right. No, yeah. no, there was no escape. But there was an escape and they were called Nirvana. Yeah. Smells like teen spirit. Are you rid- this is so ridiculous Ugh. to put this on this list. Get the fuck. And the, the the paragraph starts out with, "Man, this song is trash." Why? Well, there's a simple fact that there are countless other Nirvana songs that are way better than Smells Like Teen Spirit. Why does that A make the song trash? Yeah. You can't just compare So, this is not one of the best Nirvana songs, so now it's one of the worst songs of all of the 90s? That doesn't make sense. Why don't you retitle your fucking article, not worst songs from the 90s, but like songs that were overrated, maybe? Yeah, or songs I heard too many times. Yeah. And by the way, the only actual criticism of this song, which was voiced by Dave Grohl himself Uh in a documentary about the Pixies, Mm -hmm. was that it's a bit of a Pixies ripoff. Okay. Now, if you want to say that in your article, fine. But guess what this guy didn't say that? He didn't say that in his article because he doesn't fucking care. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He probably doesn't even listen to Nirvana. He was probably like, oh, I got to pick one that's really going to get people to go, what? <sighs> and then he went with Nirvana. This song rules. Yeah. This song rules. I'm okay with this whole list if all these people go, oh, yeah, we're not music journalists on any level and nor do we care. We just wanted clickbait. If you and say like, if this yeah, list great. was called This Is A Song I Hate... Yeah, this song. I've never turned this song off once when it comes on ever. Yeah. Even ever. the Weird Al cover is awesome because it's good. Yeah, I rem. Okay, I can give you a very specific memory of this song. Okay, me, Steve Howie, my Armenian friend Pedro Masi, uh-huh. the three of us snuck into a dance at Flintridge Prep. Right, we had to hop a fence. We probably didn't have to go to nearly as much work as we did to sneak into the dance, but we were, you know, it was high school and we were sneaking into a dance. I think we were in ninth grade. Right. And we sneak into a Flintridge prep dance because we heard there'd be cute girls there or whatever. And, you know, it's a rich kid school. And we were there to be, you know, in our hip hop dancing crew and hopefully challenge a rival uh, whites only hip hop dancing crew to a dance battle because we could maybe beat them. Uh-huh. Now, we show up and we do some of our hip-hop dancing at the at the thing. No one knows us because we don't go to that school, so we it didn't work. We didn't, like, meet girls or we're cool. But then the DJ stopped playing exclusively hip-hop music and played that song. Yeah. And at that point, the probably 70 people that were at the dance who were having no fun up until that point started having actual fun because they just started running into each other. Because a mosh pit broke up, which yeah. we didn't know existed until this fucking song came out. Right. Now, granted, there were mosh pits and slam dancing in the world, but sure. we were 14. Yeah. I wasn't going to be at Glastonbury or some fucking festival where this was going down. I wasn't in England in the 70s to see the Sex Pistols. So guess what? This was the first time I had heard a thing and thought, hey, this is a song I get to run into people to. And yes, I'm dressed like I'm in a background dancer in a rap video, but I'm going <laughs> to run around anyways. Right. And that's what this song did. It gave it was the soundtrack to youthful angst in the nineties, of which didn't exist before that. Yeah, fourteen year olds weren't going to go back and listen to the Sex Pistols at that time. It wasn't going to happen. This song did it, and it, oh, it it ushered in all that shit, which then allowed you to go back and listen to the Clash, and listen to the Damned, and listen to Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, sure. and the Circle Jerks, and the and all, and all that shit. 
Yeah. So to say this is one of the worst songs in the 90s is one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard. It's just wrong. And the person who wrote it should be ashamed of themselves. His, Eric Sunderbin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just bullshit. The reason, he says, the reason Nirvana's written, risen to the top of the alternative pile of garbage that was the mid-90s, in parentheses, sorry, R.E.M., and is considered important by this generation is because of two primary reasons. Videos of the band performing look like an Instagram filter, and, well, Kurt Cobain killed himself, killed himself, and we're all assholes who love a poetic story, even one that's rooted in genuine tragedy and self-loathing, and possibly could have been prevented. To the person who thinks this is the greatest song of all time, we get it, bro, you're alt. That is not why... So... People, also, you can't make fun of a guy. You can't say, we get it, bro, you're alt, when he actually went to the trouble of killing himself. Yeah. If anyone's going to be legitimately alt, yeah. it's the one that goes through with his suicide. You can't be like, we get it, suicide. you're sad. Yeah. Motherfucker put a gun in his mouth and then pulled the trigger. Yeah. So, he's saying that they're considered important by this generation. because One of the primary reasons is their videos look like an Instagram filter. Number one, no one watches fucking music videos anymore. Yeah. So it's not like these things are floating around everywhere and all these like young millennials are like, oh, I can't get enough of this music video. They're like, what's a fucking music video? Where do you even find one of those You anymore? really think someone YouTubed this video and was like, oh my <clears throat> God, it looks like yeah. Valencia. That's why I like this band. That's why this generation loves them. Is that really why? Maybe because the previous generation or the early part of this generation grew up identifying with their fucking angst and how they blew previous genres of music away they blew them away they and got rid also, of also if you're gonna say that the reason this band is so popular is because their videos plural look like instagram filters you're you're now recognizing some of their other songs which you say is the re- only reason this song sucks is because right. their other songs are so good and also uh the first half of this generation couldn't like them for instagram filters because there was no instagram <laughs> yeah for, I don't know, fucking all of the 90s and half of the 2000s that we've lived in so far? The Instagram's been a big thing for, what, three years? So up till 2012. It's fucking So stupid. 12 full years out of the 90s? He just wanted to make an Instagram filter joke. Yeah. And then he's just like writing off the whole killed himself thing. Oh, you only like him because he killed himself. A lot of people killed themselves and they didn't, uh, I don't know, change the course of music history for the rest of time. Yeah. And he started doing that anyway before he killed himself. Yeah. They were a legitimate, successful, interesting band. Yeah, get Bleach. Before he killed himself. Yeah. Um, to say that some of their songs may be overrated or not that great or whatever is a different thing. But, yeah, to say it's one of the worst songs from the 90s, you know. That's not even – it's not even – it's – it's. there are thir- – I know everyone wants it, – it's popular to say artist subjective. There are yeah. some things that aren't in art – the Sistine Chapel is not garbage. Mm-hmm. The David is not a piece of shit. The Mona Lisa isn't a bad painting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's like certain... There are things that are self-evident. This there's certain good. room for judgment still. You can say that it's not my favorite. Yeah. But you can't say like that is bad. You, a lot of people say, <laughs> you know, the Mona Lisa to me isn't Da Vinci's best painting. Yeah, you can say that. not. I don't think the David, while humongous, is Michelangelo's best work of art. I think the Pieta is better. Uh-huh. Now, are they both fucking incredible? <laughs> right. Could I approach making either one of them? Uh-huh. Not if you gave me the rest of my life and a billion dollars. Yeah. But to say that this song sucks is literally just, it's, it's factually wrong. 
And his one of his reasons too. Moreover, this song is considered to be one of the best songs of all time, which is kind of weird considering it's like four chords and the lyrics don't make any sense. Okay. Again, with this like this so w- when it works for you, you can say that a song that isn't fucking prog rock yeah. is not good. What do you need? Three drummers, nine guitarists, yeah. and like a minimum of nine fucking chords. The notion. Weird time signatures. You can have great influential music that uses two or three chords. Yeah, and by the way, some of the most genius stuff in the world, the fact that its simplicity is what makes it so brilliant. Yeah. Is that you don't need anything more. Yeah. Look at the fucking, the way Jeff McFetridge draws or the song Satisfaction. Like, they're right. simple. They're beautiful. They like are like just something very stark. It's when you can pare it down to just what's necessary yeah. and still make something good. That's even harder. Anyone can make a fuck. This is why I don't like Rush. Sorry, I don't like Rush. There's too much. I can't fucking right. hear anything. Yeah, that's not that's not a reason. You can't yeah. say, "Oh, there's only three chords." All three right. chords perfectly put together. You made the most out of the least. That's crazy. That's like a beautiful line drawing, you dickhead. Yeah, and it's not always like, well, so now what? All good music has to be about how well the instruments are played or how many chords. Yeah. So it's three chords, so it cannot be good. What about the message behind it or the mood that it presents? Yeah. You can create a mood. You can have a an uplifting song with four or five chords, and you can have one with two chords or three yeah. chords or seven or whatever. You can have one with a two, three-piece band. You can have one with a nine-piece band. Yep. So what the only good music made is by Bach, Beethoven? Yeah, wrong. You know what's simple? The I Love New York logo. This yeah. is ridiculous. It's it, it's dumb. I mean, when you look at these articles, you know, and you see, just read the headline and go, I know what they're doing. Just don't bother reading it. This is why people don't read articles. It's, they think that they're getting readers by this kind of shit but what they're doing is they're pushing readers away yeah sure you guys got us to to do (laughs) and and you know an episode on this and like the clickbait worked and and that is what this is we don't believe you none of your arguments are sound or well thought out about why all these songs are the worst songs from this they're not it's fucking lazy and a lot of the jokes suck and they're just basically one-liners with a super long setup what if this bad article... proof, bad evidence? But what you did lose is people continuing to click and go, "Oh, I'm going to take this in any way seriously." What if this article was secretly <laughs> pushed through their website by the people that own the publishing to all these songs, knowing that people will get so angry they'll download them yeah. defensively? Was that a bad song? Then they go yeah. listen to it because yeah. I want to buy that Verve album now. You don't already own that Verve album. I mean on CD. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, put it in your computer and then put it on the phone. Don't know how. <laughs> so you're going to go spend $10? Probably. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, I don't know if this was a- an advertise. It would say in some way. It always says, like, promoted article or, or usually says right. it somewhere in the thing. Um, no, I think this honestly was just like, shit, we don't have anything to write about right now. Yeah. What The 90s are, are big again. Let's shit on... A bunch I'm of glad people are talking songs. about the 90s because there was good shit back then. Some great movies. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's about that time. All those people are... I mean, yeah. me. I'm an adult. I'm talking about the 90s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been 20 fucking years, 25 years since some of the bigger things yeah. are now like distant fucking memories. You hear them on classic rock stations. and That's weird when you hear them <clears> on <throat> classic rock. When I hear I a 90s rock song on a classic rock station, I'm like, whoa. I know. You'll hear Pearl Jam... It's weird. Let's click on 
just Noisy's front page. What else are they? What else are they talking about? Um, Chocolate. Why it stinks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Candy. The worst. Breathing. Is it worth yeah. your time? Happiness. Does it really make you happy? Water. Are we sure you need it? <laughs> right. Uh, Weezer drop new song. Is that question rhetorical? I don't know what that means. Um, Kim Kardashian flew me across the world so I could meet Kanye in a tender birthday brunch. Okay. By some whoever. Sounds like the Us Weekly of music. All hail how Adele's Rolling Stone cover destroys the male gaze. I don't know. Oh, I guess because she's not classically pretty. I have no idea what that means. The male gaze is a. Uh, it's a. It's a. It's a very. It's kind of a hard to explain artistic concept about the notion of what has made certain things appealing to look at. Yeah. That the male gaze is the standpoint of which a lot of art has been made. The things that that even the things that are necessarily uh, uh, sexual. But just the notion of prettiness has a lot to do with the, the male gaze, female portraiture in general. Yeah, that's what I mean. So like it just it's destroying the male gaze because that's not what you would yeah, naturally. I guess that's not what would normally be on a Rolling Stone cover as like this yeah. hot new woman with an album. Yeah, it's you like, know how I hate. How we've talked about how much I hate uh, beautiful <clears throat> oil rending renderings of hot girls. Uh-huh. That's the same thing. I'm just like this is boring. It's funny because like. How many years, how many hundreds of years ago would you say? Maybe not even that much. She would be what was considered an attractive woman in a painting. Yeah, she, you could pull up a Rubens painting and yeah. there's some. There's a girl in there that looks and like And there'd Adele. be hot BBWs all over the place. If you like BBWs, uh, yeah, Ruben, the, the paintings of Rubens are your shit. Yeah. Rubens is the best. I went to a, a church in Europe that was like 10,000 mm-hmm. years old and they had a Rubens in there. That was so incredible. I borderline wept. Whitney made fun of me. Really? Yeah. She's not an art person? She I think I just was standing in front of it for so long. They were like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I'm feeling things. Get off <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah, they have an article on Tom York. And yeah, I think what you should do if you're listening to this is go listen to some of these songs and have a good day. Yeah, I mean, make a playlist of all these songs and then tell me that by the end of it, your day isn't better than it was before you hit play. Yeah. I dare you. It'll be fun. I mean, what's <coughs> nice is you got some of these songs that are happy, so you can you can they can be the antidote to some of the so- sad ones. Skip Angel just because of right, the dogs. Right, right. Yeah, I mean Sarah McLaughlin's probably raised millions of dollars for animal rescue, so I can't hate on that at all. But man, yeah, she's done some good. Yeah, I mean, you know how I am with the fur friends. Oh, I know. Well. That's the last time we will ever mention Vice on this podcast, <laughs> or at least they're noisy. They're going to have their own 24-hour news channel. I read about it today. Vice is, is yeah. going to be its own 24-hour news channel. Like on cable? Like yeah. you can get... Wow. I bet you... I don't know where you'll Our see it. Our top story, is peace really a thing? <laughs> is it overrated? <laughs> Seven of our writers come on and go, yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. We cover dash nose tattoos again. <laughs> right. All right, well, I hope some kind of fucking... Uh, I, I think if I had to recommend one song to for sure go listen to today, Bittersweet Symphony. Great song. Yeah, just just put on that whole album. Put on yeah. Urban Hymns and just fucking rock out. That's that's the one I want to hear right now. If you guys use Ardeo, by the way, I have uh, a 90s playlist that I made like a while back just because I like... Every once in a while, I'm like, I want to hear some 90s shit. So I made a fucking playlist of like... 
40, how many are on here? 40 songs, more, 50, 50 songs. Wow. And it's a lot of one-hit wonders and like cool songs that were like made by bands that, you know, had more than one hit. But uh, Butthole Surfer's Pepper, one of my oh, favorite yeah. 90s songs. Uh, that Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sitta song. <laughs> yeah. There's an Offspring song. Eagle Eye Cherry, Save Tonight. Yeah. Bare, Bare Naked <laughs> Ladies, One Week. Right Here, Right Now by Jesus Jones. Oh, man. Hunger Strike by Temple of the Dog. Fuck yeah. Uh, What It's Like by Everlast. Another great song. Great song. Uh, The Dope Show by Marilyn Manson. One Headlight by The Wallflowers. Mm -hmm. Semi-Charm Life by Third Eye Blind. Don't mind if I don't. What's My Age Again by Blink. Yes. Uh, Sex and Candy by Musty Playground. Oh, fuck. Um, Yeah, I used to do a bit on that song. Yeah. Uh, Inside Out by Eve Six. Why not? Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, Crazy by Seal. Like, I mean, yeah, all these songs <laughs> that were fucking awesome. So if you use Ardio, you can listen to that playlist. It's just on there. Kiss from a Rose by Seal, one of my favorite songs. Wasn't that in Batman? That was yeah. a Batman soundtrack? Batman Forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great song. Not a great movie. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, not the best movie. Yeah. Uh, but Seal's the shit. Seal's great. Um, but yeah, so you can listen to a bunch of songs I think are fun, cool 90s songs if you use that. Oh, you know what? Another thing I did... I wrote a thing. If you have to be an audio user, not necessarily, but I wrote. So Colin Hanks was on last week's episode, and he was talking about the "All Things Must Pass" documentary on Tower Records. So if you haven't heard that episode, listen to that. That was last week, or two weeks ago. Sorry. Um, and so he asked me to write this, uh, write some stuff on Tower Records, uh, like thoughts or memories or whatever. And then come up with a playlist for their audio station. So that's the All Things Must Pass audio station. So I wrote like a couple paragraphs on what Tower Records was to me. And then I put together a playlist of albums I bought there that I remember getting there. Oh, wow. So it's just like five. You know, it's um, there was like a Queens of the Stone Age album. And um, actually, I can look it up right now. Uh a Wilco album, um, Being There, which is a great double disc. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot, Best Of, that I got there. Uh, the first Mars Volta record, the first Counting Crows record, mm. uh, Bright Eyes, and uh, Jeff Buckley's Grace, and then Queens of the Stone Age. So you can listen to all those and then read read what I wrote on it. It was just like a couple, five hundred, seven, eight hundred words or whatever. But... Um, but yeah, that was very cool of him to ask me to do. And it's and you can also, if you don't have audio, you can just read it on my website. And then there's links to the playlist and stuff like that. Um, so that would be nickyousef.com on the blog page. So yeah, quit shitting on fucking good 90s music, you guys. Have a little fun, nerds. Yeah, go make, listen to that playlist. Make your own playlist. Ask a friend if they have a fucking 90s playlist. Yeah. Get back into what was cool, fun music, man. Yeah. Not all of it was great, but there was certainly a lot of good stuff that people have forgotten about. Yeah, <clears> put <throat> on some of this music and go out and dry hump somebody to be nostalgic. Totally. Um, throw on an old hypercolor shirt that you may Dude, have in your closet. Fuck somewhere. yeah. <laughs> kill, uh, I'd kill for one of those. Yeah, yeah. Fucking go on eBay. I'm sure there's a ton out there. Mark Ellis had a pretty good hypercolor shirt bit back in the day. Really? I bet she doesn't do it anymore, but it was solid. It was just about like, the like. really, you want to give the fat kid who sweats a lot a shirt? <laughs> oh, a shirt yeah. that shows off where he's sweating exactly? That's like, funny. Good idea, Mom and Dad. <laughs> he's got to bring that back. Yeah, it was a great bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> All right. Well, then there, there you go, guys. Uh, that was that's probably one of our angrier episodes. Yeah, probably. We went. We got pretty heated. Yeah. Um, but you know, we think it was for good reason, and we're not going to apologize. Nope. Um, but we'll see you next week. <laughs>